Welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford. I'm Vaughan Allen from CityCo, and I'm at the Royal Exchange Theatre, sitting in the Rivals restaurant, speaking to Mark Dobson, the executive director, and Sarah Frankham, the theatre director. The Royal Exchange is just over 40 years old now, as a theatre, based in the wonderful old Cotton Exchange building on Cross Street, in the historic heart of the city centre. Sarah has been director here since 2008, and I'm looking quizzically at her to confirm, is that, is that about right? Yeah, artistic director. <laughs> since 2008, and Mark arrived in 2016, which I think is also right, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. So you get a little, a little bit of research done for yeah. these things, which is good. Um, I'm not sure, if, as you've been here longer, Sarah, it probably should be you, but between you, uh, can you give us a, a brief outline of what the history of the, of the building and indeed of the theatre is? God, that's going to take half an hour. A brief one, a brief one. <laughs> you, um, in 1976, um, four amazing theatre artists um, came to Manchester... Um, because they wanted to make their work in a different way and um, were, whilst looking at many, many places in Manchester, were shown the um, uh, empty Royal Exchange building, which had been vacated in 1957. And um, they uh, immediately fell in love with it and decided that through a series of kind of prototypes and experiments that they were going to build their own unique um, theatre, uh, and that theatre was going to be in the round and place it in the middle of the hall. Um, the theatre's been uh, led by artists ever since. Um, we produce uh, about 14 shows a year still. Uh, about yeah. over 200,000 people come and see yeah. our work here in Manchester and many more outside of Manchester. We make quite a lot of work in co-production and in partnership with other arts organisations both across the city and across the country. Um, we're also the home of the Bromwood Prize for Playwriting, which is a biannual uh, prize for new plays, um, which um, is in its 10th, 11th year. Um, and we also have a really um, huge programme of talent development and artist development. And uh, we're also kind of very much in the business of training the next generation of theatre makers. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, and it's still very obvious, the history of the theatre of the building from years ago, the old Cotton Exchange board that we've got outside yeah, and so on. Yeah, um, yeah. Really important to keep that connection to the history even before the theatre. Yeah, we think so. Uh, I think increasingly important in the future as well for us. Um, and uh, it's we've got about a quarter of a million people coming into the building every year to look at the building. On top of the quarter of a million people we have coming to make work with us or see our shows um and that's quite exciting that's to think about half a million people coming into a cultural building like this um it's a great opportunity for us it means we meet lots and lots of different people um the tour guides in the city bring all the guided tours come into the building incorporate it and, and you know the feedback we get is the, the great thing i think about this space is the juxtaposition of the, the kind of extraordinary crazy theater structure that we have in inside this old trading hall and so that's what we get we get played back to some of the visitors as a fascination in its in its origins and its history as a building but actually the really fascinating thing is what on earth is that thing doing in here and who built it and what does it do so um it's it's a really lovely mix for me of you know the, uh, people yeah people have an interest and in curiosity in what the building stood for and what it and i guess what the history means in terms of the industrial history of manchester and and the radical history of manchester um 
And then we come forward, as Sarah said, to that point where, you know, it's a really radical gesture that a bunch of artists were allowed or enabled themselves to take over this space and build this theatre in it. And that all these years later, it's still here and still thriving. Um, so the mix is really strong for us. I and, and I guess importance in the middle of the city centre, once as the financial heart of the city centre and now as the cultural heart of the city centre. So maintaining that building and maintaining the importance is absolutely the centre of everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think we like to think of it as the sort of first original modern bit of Manchester. I've heard that phrase in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of yeah. like it's sort of prefigured the sort of, you know, the, the, the renaissance and redevelopment of Manchester city centre. And I think there's something, I think, it's, I think it says something very appropriate about where Manchester is now that culture, you know, a, cult, a cultural organisation that has appropriated a mercantile a building yeah. Um, yeah. and is a thriving cultural organization kind of feels like it's a really great kind of metaphor for manchester yeah, yeah. now absolutely um, yeah. and continues to be yeah and, and and have i guess there must be some issues around having that theater in the round in the heart of this building that certainly the originators had to had to deal with have have all those issues been sorted out or is it still problematic sometimes to We've have that, that crazy structure in the middle of everything <laughs> I, well i mean you know the the hall operates as a backstage space and yeah. a front yeah. of house and yeah. we're the only yeah. theater in the country probably even in the world where that's the case so you genuinely come into this building and you see us at work you see yeah. you know depending yeah. on what day you come you can you know see the show being made and kind of you can hear the show being made um, and, you know, inevitably it means that, um, you know, there are some things that we can't do and sometimes we have to um, close the building because we've got a performance on. But I think they're kind of, they're outweighed by the things that, you know, kind of make it very, very unique and a kind of sense that we're always, you know, we, our work is always on show. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the reality, the whole room is the theatre. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, what we hope is from the minute you walk in through the door, you're... You start a theatrical experience, um, and if you've occasionally, if you've had lunch in here in the hall when we've been teching a show, we do a lot of sound effects in the hall for the audience in the auditorium, um, and we do some lighting effects because one of the other really unusual things about our theatre is it's a glass box. Um, <clears throat> so the whole room is the theatre, actually. Not, it's not as if we have this kind of hermetically sealed... A circular box is that such a thing as a circular box you know what i mean cylinder um hat box in the middle of the room in which things happen in isolation of the rest some of the most some of the things i've heard since i've been here that have excited me most talking to audiences is about their experience of seeing shows here and that sense of them realizing that they're in a room you know they're in a room in a shared space with a whole other people engaged in a really intimate way with the performance but there's a realisation that they're not just within a room, they're then within another room and they're then within the city, right in the city of Manchester. And people talk really emotively about that. Um, and I think that's, again, it's something that makes this, this theatre completely unique. I, I do notice that somebody who, obviously, obviously working in the city centre, have a lot of meetings in your cafe and drink <laughs> a lot of your coffee, um, which is not always good for me, but it, it's very lovely coffee. Um, how many regulars you have there who actually seem to be almost sitting and enjoying and waiting for the next sound effect or waiting for the next person yeah, to walk yeah, through. Yeah. And whether they're regulars at the yeah. performances, you sort of get the impression that they are, yeah. but that's part of their yeah. enjoyment of this space as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. But also equally, it's like lovely the, the, the sheer numbers of people that come in and you get a sense, you know, they've never, ever been here before in their lives. And that real, uh, and it's easy to forget that when you, because part of the joy of the job is walking into that room every day, actually. Um, uh, but yeah, that wow effect as yeah, you walk up the stairs. But it's wonderful in, walking in behind somebody. I caught a dad and a, and a son outside a few months ago. And the dad was obviously building, he was building it up quite a lot. So, um, and they up trotted up the stairs in front of me and the boy must be about 11 or 12. And sure enough, he just came through the doors and just a complete jaw-dropping um, experience, uh, which is fabulous. I think one of the other things, I guess, of having the, the historic building around it is certainly when you go into the corporate rooms and the, the meeting rooms and so on, you've got, I mean, you've got some very nice modern meeting rooms, but then you've, yeah. you've got the corporate sponsors room, which is all wood panelled and that, and that traditional the style, old, which, which works. Boardroom. Yeah, which yeah. works brilliantly for your sponsors of probably of a certain age and type that, that like that environment as well and the connection with the radical side of things. Although we kind of increasingly were using that for performance. So last yeah. year we kind of turned it into a cabaret bar for a bit and kind of um, I think we're kind of uh, we're going through a process at the moment of kind of looking at all the space we have and kind of trying to um, see all of our spaces as potential for performance and also kind of sometimes you know, kind of turning things on their head a little bit and what kind of corporates wanted a few years ago, actually, they're much more interested in hosting their things in yeah. rehearsal spaces or, yeah. um, you know... Just being kind of, involved yeah, in something. Yeah, they want to be yeah. much closer to the work that's being made. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing about... The, the other thing I, I like about the, the past and the present piece around the Royal Exchange is that the past... There's a painting of the Royal Exchange in the City Art Gallery um, as, a, as a trading hall. And it's this fantastic, it's, I suspect it's one of those paintings where people paid to have their portraits painted in it. So eminent business people would have paid to be recognised at the front of it. But it's this absolute sea of people. So the room used to be full of like 9,000 people doing business. And it's this sea of identikit men. Um, in fact, they're so identikit. I think, I think the, only, the only diversity in it is that one of them has taken his top hat off in this picture. Standards. Um, but there's that whole history of, you can imagine if there was a design brief for this building originally, it was kind of private club. It was, if, if, you, if you're not wearing a long frock coat and you're a bloke with a beard and a top hat and you've got some money to spend, then this isn't a building for you. And then what we're about now is absolutely everybody is welcome in this building and, you know, working so hard to make that possible and make people feel like it's, it's a destination for anyone at all in the city. And I, I think that's quite exciting, that difference. But again, it's back, I suppose, the radical gesture. It's back to artists colonising a what was a, um, a commercial space and giving it back to the city, I think. So turning it, turning it back very much into public use. I mean, we are a charity and we see that as being a very, very important part of our purpose. Um, what do you think the role of the theatre within Manchester is? How does it fit with the other theatre companies? Do you, do you talk about programming and who's doing what? And I think increasingly there's a much more joined up and, and more dynamic and more... Um, sort of, I, I don't know, mutually kind of beneficial conversation between the different theatres um, in Manchester. I think we, we, we've, we're we all very aware that we're the biggest kind of um, collection of theatres outside of London. Yeah. I think we're all very supportive of each other's programmes and work. We often share the same artists and uh, often, you know, kind of people that work in our buildings move across our buildings. We often share our resources and we're looking for ways to work in a more joined up way for the benefit of kind of theatre 
across the region and particularly around the sort of supporting of talent development um, most particularly and sort of some of the participation and learning work that happens. Um, where do I think? I think we're the only theatre company in Manchester. Um, you know, we have 150 people who are employed here um, and a huge amount of those people are, in, are employed in the craft of making theatre. So we, hold, we still have all of the craft skills. So whether that's wardrobe, workshop, props and settings, um, lighting and sound. And, um, and I, think, I think that kind of we, with the, the interesting thing for us, and we're kind of talking about it a lot at the moment because we're thinking quite a bit about the future, yeah. is that the company, you know, the, the, the Royal Exchange was a company before it was in this building, yeah. you know. And yeah. there are some principles around kind of how and what you need to make a piece of theatre, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that it has to happen in, in, in a, a, a traditional um, physical theatre space. Um, and so I think, I think that sort of sets us apart. Um, I think, you know, obviously the landscape's changing massively and, you know, we're all, you know, kind of getting excited about what the factory yeah. might bring. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I certainly, as someone that's worked in Manchester most of my career, I think it's the most... Um, kind of exponentially actually they kind of it's the biggest it's the, it's the most exciting most energetic period of manchester's sort of theater's development do, do you um, think i mean certainly when i talk to gallery heads and having been a gallery head at the time the internet first of international festival it was after some whinging very much the driver that forced us to sit around and go actually we've got to up our game so that yeah, they the other however many yeah. weeks of the two years yeah. it, yeah. similar, do you think that's been the same thing in the theater world um yeah, I think, and I, I think actually, kind of what the the, the festival did was said it was actually just said there are different ways of doing this, yeah. and the festival yeah. I think got got people excited about the city and made people look at the city in different ways, and also made, I think, made us kind of fit, feel more confident about taking creative risks all the way through the year. Um, I, I think you know, kind of definitely as an artistic programmer. Um, you know, certainly there are things that um, we we can do with more confidence and more certainty because the festival, you know, kind of exists. I think, however, I also think that, you know, kind of the, the interesting thing for me is that the festival, um, the festival's that two and a half weeks where the kind of um, now, where the things that are kind of not possible for the yeah. other kind yeah. of 50 weeks of the year happen. And, yeah, that's quite a big journey. That's, that's, a, that's a really big journey, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of, um, I think that's the excitement behind Factory as well. Yeah, I mean, the, John and his colleagues' vision for Factory is very much about being a space where things, that, things can happen that wouldn't be possible in other places and spaces. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, so much of the work being International Outlook, but also so much of it being rooted here is really exciting, really exciting. And the theatres are... Um, I've certainly found coming here to be a really great experience in terms of how collegiate people are um, <clears throat> and it's actually the theatres around Greater Manchester because um, we all meet on a fairly regular basis to talk about how we might be able to work better together. Um, I think everybody has a sense that we've got this, it's not just the city of Manchester, it's the whole, it's the whole, what's now the combined authority isn't it, that, that whole area and, and how, how do we address that really, really enormous and incredibly diverse population and how might we better address it by working together? Um, <clears throat> and I get a real sense that people are up for that. People are genuinely up for thinking about how, how through collaboration, 
we can involve more people in theatre, um, either making it themselves or, or coming along to see it. Um, so it feels like, it, I think Sarah's right, it feels like a really exciting time to be in the city. And certainly, I think, I mean, Manchester's really vibrant across all the art forms, but but theatre seems to be something particularly special here. Um, there's, an, there's an awful lot happening. There's an awful lot happening now in terms of fringe theatre across the city as well, which is, which is really exciting. You know, so the, um, the number of things that you can go and see of an evening. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's sort of from the... From, um, the it's awful to use these sort of phrases now, but from the most populist to the most arty, um, Manchester does it. I, I think it's, you know, the, the Palace probably, theatre probably doesn't get the recognition it deserves or the number of yeah, people yeah. that it gets in and the size yeah. of the stage and yeah. the sort of shows yeah. it, it can have and yeah. to, to, the, to the opposite end in terms of the most experimental stuff that, yeah, that can go on. I think, I think one of the things that, a couple of things that the festival did did very well was, and again, this is from from the gallery um, sector, is actually prove to people that you could take risks because there was an audience out there that was willing to come to it. And when you know that also that there's going to be a huge amount of marketing and publicity yeah. overseas for those weeks, you you sort of feel you've got the confidence to go. I need to, I want to do something about mm. that, and I've actually got the capacity mm. to do that yeah. at that point. Um, we, we are, for those listening, we're in with John McGrath in a couple of weeks, talking pretty well about a year, on the year anniversary uh, of the last festival and a year to go for the, for the next one, so we'll be talking more about that. Um, can you just talk us through how your roles intersect and, and how the creative side and the... <laughs> well, I'm not going to direct... Do, do I'm not, get, I, I'm not going to direct any shows now, Harry Vaughan. <laughs> I don't know. It's quite simple, really. I kind of like... There's a, we have a programming team and I, who I kind of work with and we kind of... We, we, we decide the kind of work that we want to make and then um, Mark goes away and makes, makes that happen. <laughs> Does he decide whether he can afford it or not? Yeah, and, 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 yeah and, and kind of is a bit of a magician because he never says no. Well, not yet, anyway. Well, so. it's, I mean, we're, we're jointly the chief executive, so that's quite a strange arrangement for most most businesses well, it's quite it's fairly common in it is companies, it is, yeah, isn't it? And yeah, it's yeah. and it's, and, so it's and it's really exciting and it's it's a good structure and um it's one of the reasons why i wanted to come here because i want i'd never i'd never worked in a partnership a leadership partnership with an artist and so that's a hugely attractive thing for me to do um and it's very exciting and and i mean yeah we have we we take more natural responsibility for certain parts of the role. Sarah's responsibility is the artistic programme. I interfere with stupid suggestions in that and annoy her sometimes. Um, my responsibility is the lose, but she's equally as concerned about the condition of our lose as I am. Yeah. So so we, we do genuinely try to work as, as a team and across the whole piece because... Um, we're, we're both really passionate about the work we make. We're both really passionate about the audiences, the, the building. So... Um, yeah, we're across the whole piece. Mm. Obviously, some some bits of it more naturally fall to each of us, but that's how it that's how it works. And I suppose getting everything to work so the front of house is as part of the, the smooth process, both administratively working very efficiently, but also not being officious and being creative yeah. in the wider sense is yeah. You, you couldn't have that being uh, a totally officious process that then wouldn't fit in any way yeah. Um, yeah. with the creative we've got, side of things. We've got a great team of people here. I mean, the exchange has got, you know, we've got a brilliant team of managers here and, and a great team of staff. And what's exciting, for, what I think is really um, valuable to us is we've got an interesting mix of, of kind of people that have been here for a couple of years and a whole lot of people that have been here for 30 years. Um, so we have a fantastic freshness 
of thinking and we have brilliant continuity. And I think there's getting the balance between those two things is a really, really helpful thing for us. Um, you you, you talked about Mark being responsible for the budgets and the money. So, um, uh, Where's the funding come from? For, the, for us, we, well, um, uh, we turn over about £8 million pounds a year um, and we get about uh, 2.4 of that in revenue funding, principally from the Arts Council, but also from um, Greater Manchester Combined Authorities, AGMA as well. As. Um, and then um, uh, about four and a half million pounds of it, the vast majority of it, we earn at box office. Um, so we're, we're properly a you know, trading cultural organisation in that sense. And then the rest of it is made up of um, some retail trading. So um, our, our brand new and fantastic barn cafe, The Rivals, um, our shop, which is, you know, legendary in Manchester. Um, uh, and our costume hire. Well, I have to mention the costume hire at the Royal Exchange because we won an Oscar, <laughs> um, which you might have heard about in the news because um, uh, a lot of the costumes are used in the, the Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Um, and then trusts and foundations and, and also uh, some business sponsorship. We have a great relationship with corporate sponsors. That, um, so corporate sponsors and trusts and foundations. And then individual donors make up the balance of it. And I think, again, if you walk around the hall in the exchange, the, there's lots of parquet floor and the parquet floor is interrupted by plaques. Um, and these plaques go right back through the whole life of the theatre. But there are increasingly more and more of them at the moment. As a and it's a demonstration of people's absolute affection for this place and what we do. Um, uh, and it's one of many ways in which individuals choose to support us, but it's such a tangible way and you kind of walk across it and read these rather fabulous messages on them. And, um, and I, meet, I suppose it just represents a sense that I meet mainly people. I don't meet many people that say they like the Royal Exchange. I just really meet people that say they love the Royal Exchange. And I think that passion's made manifest in things like those, those gifts. Um, and it ranges from, you know, some benefactors uh, who invest six-figure sums in organiza cultural organisations across the city, including ours, who are extraordinary people, making a difference to the cultural life of the city, um, through people that might give us a fiver. Um, all of it, all of it counts, all of it, and, and all of it's really important. Yeah, it was interesting while I was sitting waiting for you, um, just looking down, and there was a plaque for what was quite an unusual surname um, from I don't know, 2001 or something, and yeah. then five, five blocks up, there was the same surname that was from about 2015. So it was that, yeah. Yeah. that park bench thing, but the city yeah. centre equivalent to the park bench, it is. adding it is. that yeah. stuff on and that, yeah. that family yeah. relationship. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that comes across with a, a lot of cultural venues is, I guess, certainly when compared to the situation maybe in the States, is that that we aren't that good at legacy funding. We're not that good at getting the funding from um, the, the corporate individuals, uh, sorry, the, the individuals and the yeah. particularly the yeah. well-off individuals. But you actually seem to have done that fairly well. Is that some, something to do with the emotional response, do you think, that the, the building and the I work? Think, I think it might be. And, 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 and um, what's fascinating about it as well, because if we go back in time a bit, we've just, for the, it's the 40th anniversary of the building uh, last year, and um, our development team and, and our chair had this bright idea of saying, let's, let's find 40 people to be a kind of... <clears throat> a sponsor club in a sense and make a donation to Mark the 40th and to express her support for us. And we did that and we found, actually we ended up with 41, which was all wonderful. Um, we had a bit of a race at the end of people wanting to be part of the 40. But it was inspired by, there's a, there's a, a donation board upstairs in the building, which we just moved downstairs so people can see it into one of the entrances. 
which was the original people who, who wrote a check to get the whole thing started 40 years ago. Um, and it's quite a fascinating list, not least because the first two names on it are Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. But that's, that we found out is because, not because they had a particular link to the Royal Exchange, other than their lawyer, we think, was on the board here and he nobbled them to make the first donation <laughs> to get the ball rolling. But there's this list of people who, who are, uh, by and large, regular folks in the city of Manchester at that time who were excited about the potential of this and made a contribution to it. And so kind of 40 years on, redoing that, it was quite emotional redoing that, doing that process of the 40 and having, you know, 40-odd people in a room together as we, as we did to mark that a, a month or so ago. Um, and again, just, a, just a, a reiteration of that sense of how much people, how, what great value people have uh, for this place. So the sense, I guess the sense that, back to Sarah saying earlier about the original group of artists that made it happen and their board of people that made it was a board of local people that made this happen because they really wanted something exciting theatrically in the city um, they were the ones that found the room and, and brought that team of artists in here to be inspired by this empty space um, so it does feel like from the very get-go the Royal Exchange had incredibly kind of deep roots in the city if you like um, so yeah, we're still tapping into that, but but we, it, it does it is a space, and maybe it's that mix of that authenticity of, of the old building and the newness. I don't know, um, but it, it it generates great loyalty in people for sure. And um, Sarah, I mean, again, talking about the 40, 40 years ago, you have this group of quite radical artists there. So I mean, how in your programming do you maintain that? radical edge? Do you try and maintain that radical edge when you're an eight million pound turnover organisation? It's a really finely judged thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I don't know. I think definitely in the last five years, sort of since I've taken a lead in the artistic direction and the kind of led the programming, I think one thing that we do know is that... Um, for the most part, I think our audience have kind of come with us when we've just when we've taken yeah. more risks yeah. and when we've yeah. told and kind of put put experiences and represented kind of you know the city in maybe ways that we haven't before. Um, and actually, kind of, I think there's something very exciting about um, a sort of shift that's happened in our audience. We, I always cite this. Um, We've done quite a lot of work with audiences. Um, we did a programme called You, the Audience, where we started a kind of um, an 18-month conversation with audiences, which was much more about what they felt and wanted from their theatre rather than a relationship that was based on a ticket price and transaction. Um, and I, that has been really responsible for kind of shifting some of our internal kind of expectations and preconceptions about audiences. So often some of the older audience are the people who have, I think they've probably been on a bit of a journey, but they're actually also really up for contemporary theatre. Yeah. So I always cite this 80-year-old woman who said to me in a very kind of passionate way, I don't come to the Royal Exchange anymore to see the things that I know. I come to see the things that I don't. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I was yeah. very excited to see her at Jubilee. Um, <laughs> kind of, and, you know, kind of, she was saying... Well, I don't know what I quite made of that, but it's certainly something that I've never seen before, or not for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think that's kind of... I think this, for me, is kind of my job to make sure that our work is much more representative of the, how our art form is moving forward, uh, whilst at the same time 
kind of acknowledging that I think we're also very much in the business of giving a great night out. So we've had, we've seen sort of, I, I guess we've done, I think we've created some of the most popular shows, our Christmas show, more people came to see that than any other show that the theatre's yeah. ever made yeah. in its yeah. entire history, yeah. to kind of actually, you know, putting on more and more new work and new plays by first-time playwrights or kind of new theatre artists. And I think it's that that mix of the both. So for every old idea or every kind of revival or reinvention of a classic, we're consciously investing in a new piece of work and a new artist. And it's kind of in that kind of conversation between the old and new that's very in our architecture is very much in the way that we programme. So when, I mean, when you approach some of the classics in their wider sense, will you always look for the spin and the reinterpretation that, that, that makes them new? Or would, just, would you ever do a very classic Shakespeare uh, or whatever? Well, I think to me it's, it's as simple as kind of we... Um, it's about who the artists are. And if an artist has a really compelling vision for why a piece of work should be made now and why it speaks to the city and to the now, yeah, then yeah. I'm not, it's not, you know, it's not about whether that piece of work is going to be radical and contemporary. It's about whether it's relevant and whether it's got a story to tell yeah, to yeah. people yeah. in Manchester in 2018. Um, and, you know, kind of actually, you know, kind of it's really interesting. You know, I think Frankenstein is probably one of the most sort of, call it traditional, but I would say it's kind of, it feels like it's, it, it, it will be as accessible to um, younger audiences as it is to our season ticket holders as it is to people that have maybe never been here before. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. our trick is to try and find the kind of the projects that can both be, you know, kind of a, a challenge and a kind of enriching for audiences that are very theatre literate, but also are a, a door opening for audiences that don't engage with us. And it's that how we how how we manage to to make a bridge in our program between those two things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's true for audiences of any age, but that's also true for uh, I know the, the youth work is really important as well to to get people in through the doors and get yeah, getting them used absolutely. to seeing theatre and seeing how yeah. exciting theatre yeah. can be. And, I mean, what's the range of work that you do with the youth theatre? Has just been nationally awarded. Yeah, our young company, our the stages. Theatre, school. Which, which is which brilliant. Was... Ironic because we're definitely not a school. Yeah. Um, but but uh, but really wonderful. There's probably some chuntering from ones who are schools. <laughs> <laughs> they were very sweet about it on the yeah. day. Yeah. I think you know, for me, the young the young company is kind of actually probably the single most important thing that we do. In that it's a kind of it's a microcosm. You can it within within the young company, young people can get a 360 degree experience of what a producing theatre is and whether that's from acting, directing, writing, producing, uh, leadership, marketing, digital marketing. Um, and, you know, they, they, they work often alongside professional artists and they realise their own work and that work has been yeah. highly ambitious yeah. um, and very kind of innovative in its form. Yeah. Um, and we have like 150 to 180 of them a year, yeah. and they're yeah. across the whole company. You can cut yeah. the building in half, and you would see them on every floor and yeah. in, you know, in every cupboard almost. Yeah. Um, but I think increasingly, you know, as we look towards the next two or three years, um, our biggest our biggest challenge is um, how we make relationships with young people across Greater Manchester in a more formalised yeah, way. Yeah, and yeah. there's a real need for us to, um, whilst we 
you know, have 25% of our young company are um, access the arts pot, which is brilliant, um, subsidises their, subsidizes their experience. It's also, I think, we're, we're recognising that we have to work harder to engage young people who live further away and that actually kind of, for some people even a trip into manchester is actually kind of the kind of huge yeah, thing that's, yeah. that, that's quite an interesting one we talked we uh, podcast that just came out a couple of weeks back uh with my old friend Ruth ibeg buna who runs the reclaim charity yeah. i was just leaving the yeah. reclaim charity yeah, yeah. um and which was founded at Urbis, so we worked together quite a lot one of the conversations we had was how that's evolved in, in the last 10 years and one of the things that she said has definitely happened i mean when we when we started that when Ruth started out at Urbis, part of the point was uh, for working class kids or kids from deprived yeah. neighbourhoods to give yeah. them a space to come to in the city centre and that was yeah. very very important yeah. um, talking to Ruth a couple of weeks back part of the conversation then was she thinks it has got far worse in terms of kids being able young people generally being able to come into the city centre feeling at home in the city centre yeah. but also young people moving from neighbourhood to neighbourhood just doesn't isn't happening in the same way so she's right. finding right. more and more young people who just stay in their neighbourhoods and, yeah. and, and don't move yeah. anywhere and I think but I think as as an organisation that through CityCo and, and the Business Improvement District actually um, you know wants a diverse vibrant city centre yeah. um, you know to not have young people coming in uh, is in the long term an absolute disaster. Yeah, and the role absolutely. of an organisation like like yours of actually getting people in and giving them a space where yeah. they feel at home, it's not just about yeah. giving them something to do, but giving them a space where yeah. they feel at, and, and being engaged with is, is really, really important. Yeah, yeah and we worked with, um, we had a really interesting, because um, we're thinking about kind of what, the, you know, kind of how, what kind of work we need to do with our building um, yeah. over the next yeah. period of time. And a big bit of that work was with Reclaim young people, kind of asking them kind of, A, they took a group of us round Manchester to shows us the places yeah, that work. In about my first yeah. week, I was taken on a, on a tour of Manchester by some of Ruth's um, uh, young people, which was brilliant, actually. It was really, although it, they took us to Afflecks. And I don't quite know why they went to Affleck's because I knew it better than they did. I had been in it for about 20 years. Um, so it was like a treasure hunt. I found most of the clues in there. But it was brilliant going around with them um, and really inspiring. And, and as we think about, you know, I think one of the things that's exciting about our space is that once you get inside it, you can, you can really relax in it. Even though, even though it feels like a kind of crazy grand old room, um, it sort of is a space that you can find yourself in. And a, and a few young people have said that to us recently. You, you know, you just, you get in and you can just hang out in it. And it feels, it feels permissive in a way, um, in a really good way. Um, getting people in up the stairs is a bit of, you know, because it's a challenge. It looks, it looks like a, a kind of intimidating old building. But one of the things that I'm really inspired by and in thinking about our future is the library. And that was, that was because of Ruth's team. So on that day out, they took us into the central library. Um, which they spoke about as really feeling like their space. So if they're in the town centre, they, they always drop in. Or if they're feeling at a loose end, they'll drop in. Or if they're feeling a bit insecure, they'll go there as a kind of, as a, as a sort of, you know, base point for them in the city. Um, and I've spoken to Neil about the development of the library and, and all the clever things they did in thinking about that. And, and I think whatever we do in the future for the exchange, some of that thinking has to come through into how, how we think about the space because I think cultural... Cultural buildings for me really work when they become 
properly open civic spaces. They're kind of entirely welcoming. And even if you just want to come and use the loo, you can come and use the loo. You know there's safe spaces in city centres. As an ex-gallery head, um, the importance of, of your loos for visitor yeah, number counting is yeah. can't be Well, estimate. not even for... Not, I know what you mean. Um, for, you're you're I, fine I, on, I, on I, ticket I, sales. Yeah. We used to have to I do it. I know what you mean on visitor numbers. <laughs> but it's beyond the visitor number thing for me. It, it's just that sense of, you know, people knowing that if they're in town, then... There's a place where I'll always be welcome, or I, or I won't. Or I won't be not welcome. I think one of the conversations we had quite a lot is, I think, I think again, I think Obis was the, was the first of the cultural institutions. They all do it now, um, but to have something for young mums um, yeah, and to, yeah, to come and bring yeah, their kids yeah, and, and and have yeah. that sort of that sort of morning yeah. experience, um, and and talking. Um, to some of our regular attenders, the issue became because we weren't pressured like a cafe to cram, to cram in as many covers as you possibly yep. could. There was room yep. for push chairs. There was room for other things yep. that actually enabled you to just feel, and you weren't necessarily having somebody coming up and demanding the table back at yeah, any yeah. point. So you do have that more relaxed community feel. Um, uh, you talked about the intimidation of walking up the stairs. And yeah. I think, can you talk a little bit about is there a desire to bring what you do out into... I mean, St. Anne's Square is, is lovely. It's one of the nicest spaces yeah. in, the, in the city. Yeah. How does that relationship work, or how would you like to see that relationship work in the future? Because that will help with breaking down more barriers as well, won't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. No, we'd love to find ways of getting outside the building. I mean, it's funny, we, we, we've got... We're outside the building quite a lot, and, and increasingly, the next couple of years, we're going to be outside the building an awful lot around Greater Manchester. Um, but it's almost like we're skipping over the immediate open space outside us. Um, and I think finding ways to get out there just, it, 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 I mean, it's not easy because we're up on the first floor, um, uh, but, it, but it feels like something we really need to address. Um, you know, I think we, it'd be great to have some conversations with yourself about ideas for how we might get some performance and animation out into St Anne's Square as well and work in partnership with other people to do that. Um, because it feels like... Um, the square's starting to turn around again. It's been it's it, it's been quite lacklustre for a time, hasn't it? And it's it's kind of on an interesting journey, but it feels like it's starting to become a bit more vibey again. I know I, I know your organisation does loads of work on that, um, uh, and and yeah, we should be part of that. I think I think it has to be said. Your landlords have done quite a good job in yeah. opening up the arcade, redeveloping, yeah, and, and bringing back yeah. brands like French Connection. Actually, yeah. is really lovely. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that is actually going to be a change, which is going to be quite interesting for you guys over the next few years, is the amount of residential that's going in yeah. um, in yeah. around this area. There yeah, will yeah. be sort of people looking for a local, as well, yeah. which is going to yeah, be quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, we have one there, so that would be <laughs> yeah, good. No, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for for each of you, I mean, how would you like to see Sarah first? How would you like to see? Uh, the theatre evolve. You plan sort of over the five next five ten years. Um, more of the same, or never more of the same. You should always have to come out of a different rabbit hole. You kind of that's the thing about kind of programming a theatre anyway. It's like you you, you never you kind of you, you should shut up shop if you kind of are continuing to kind of yeah. just repeat things that you already know um i think um a more investment in artists new, new theater artists um i think we've done we've we, we um set up a big um, artist development program called Open Exchange and I suppose my ambition is that some of the artists that are coming through that will yeah. be moving on to making work outside of the studio into our into our main onto our main stage I think probably a deeper relationship with Greater Manchester and kind of working more in a residency model across GM yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, more partnerships um, definitely um, I think we're increasingly um, excited um, by making work in conversation with other people. I think we kind of like very much kind of 
we're, we're at we're at our best when we're doing things uh, with people that know more than us rather than us being the people who are the experts it's, that's, it yeah. kind of feels like it's a very yeah. different yeah. kind of it's a very different way for the world exchange to be working actually yeah. um, and I, I actually think the kind of to me the really exciting thing is that um, we're increasingly kind of going back to that notion of being a company and actually if we're a company are we always synonymous with making work in this building in central Manchester and Actually, I think there's kind of there's a there's a whole uh, building kind of um, desire for us to express ourselves in terms of the theatre we make in more spaces across the city that are maybe not traditional theatre spaces or digitally. Um, and our digital kind of outputs have been very related to the performances that have happened in yeah. the module. They've been yeah. hugely successful been, and seen yeah. by, yeah. you know, many, many hundreds of thousands of people, both our for King Lear film and the Hamlet film. Um, but actually, I think kind of there are, there's, there are more lo-fi, more um, mm. kind yeah. of where digital is kind of actually about, about, about a kind of more local reach and engagement. Um, so I'd like really, for example, like to see some of our work being um, live streamed to hospitals and schools um, uh, in, in the northwest. Um, so, yeah, I kind of think, yeah, more ambitious, bigger, um, kind of in, in a way, I think... Um, I think we. Someone said a long time ago that you need to kind of blow a theatre up every twenty years. <laughs> yes. And I don't think we. I don't think we blow ourselves up in. We didn't blow ourselves up, but the theatre was blown up in nineteen ninety six, yeah. and then in kind of twenty sixteen, it's you know. I think we've kind of done a, a sort of. We've done a, a, a kind of a. We've blown our blown blown ourselves up in a safer way. Yeah. Um, artistically, yeah. and I yeah. think there's a kind yeah. of there's something about actually you know not 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 taking anything for granted and not kind of having any kind of fixed expectations about who we are and what we do because yeah. um, I yeah. think we can be anything and do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mark? Kind of what Sarah said. I, I think I think opening opening the place up in, in every in every sense, whether that's like literally physically doors and roots in the, the building or opening up our programmes to new talent and new artists and new audiences. Being out of the building, just being, just being very outward facing. I think it's critically important for cultural organisations to be really outward facing and engaged. Um, and I think surprising. I mean, Sarah's Sarah's really right about it. I think you know, it's it's um, part of our job is to surprise people. Again, it's one of the things people say when say to me when they what they love about coming here is they get inside the room and they just don't know what to expect um, every time they come. Excellent. What's next for the theatre? What are the big projects coming up? Immediately for us, we've got Frankenstein um, coming up. So we're, uh, we've got the press night of that tonight, um, which is very exciting. So it's been made by Matthew Zia, who was our artistic associate um, here for uh, the last three years. Um, and this is, this is Matthew's first return after leaving. So he's finished his contract with us and come back almost immediately to make Frankenstein, um, which we're very, very excited about. And there's lots of buzz around Frankenstein. Um, but we're busy. I think a, th a thing about... Being a company that produces work and produces work constantly, um, you know, we're, we're, so while Frankenstein is in the module coming online, we've got mountains in rehearsal upstairs in the building, which is um, which is based on the uh, the Say Sisters story, um, the Sweet Mandarin Restaurant in Northern Quarter. So, um, which is again got loads and loads of interest, and that will perform in our studio and then um, tour around the country. 
And then simultaneously, we've got another show that's opened in, we're co-producing a show with Bristol Old Vic. So that opened last week to fabulous reviews. Um, and that comes in here in um, about six weeks time, following on the heels of Frankenstein. So they're the, they're the big things. What's the longest sort of dark period that you have without anything else? About a week and a half. Well, the longest dark period, in August we close um, to do maintenance on the, on the theatre. But increasingly these days, we tend to be even then doing something. So last summer, while we were ostensibly trying to get holidays and fix things, um, our young company made a piece of work in that time. And Sarah said that that work's getting more and more ambitious. So they made a piece of work actually in the, in the bowels of the Royal Exchange, underneath the building in the sub-basement where no one gets to go. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's fairly constant, but, um, but that's how it should be. Cool, which is a good point to end. Thank you very much. Thank you to Mark and to Sarah, and we'll be talking to other cultural venues in the near future. If you have any comments or ideas for things to cover, you can talk to us on Twitter at CottonmouthMCR or through email on podcasts at cityco.com. Cottonmouth Manchester is available on all good podcast services and a few terrible ones. Please leave us a review if you like what you hear. Thank you.